Welcome to Turn on a Dime podcast with your host, Hannah Osborne. Turn on a Dime is the hub for examining the effects of media and cancel culture and how they coincide with past and present political events. Every other week, we'll feature a guest with knowledge on politics, media, or a combination of the two. Tune in every Monday at 3 p.m. for Turn on a Dime podcast. And now here's your host, Hannah Osborne. Welcome back to Turn on a Dime podcast. I'm your host, Hannah Osborne, and this week we are taking a look at what the 2024 presidential election will look like and what are the odds stacked against these candidates. Starting out strong, we have the current and former presidents of the United States, Joe Biden and Donald Trump. Biden, a Democrat, and the current U.S. president will be approaching his 82nd birthday when voting commences in the 2024 election. A strong argument against voting for Biden, as well as Bernie Sanders in the 2020 election, were over concerns of his age. In addition to his age playing a factor in his success as a Democratic nominee, the events and actions that took place under Biden's presidency will have a toll, including the manner in which he pulled out of Afghanistan and his inaction on the Willow Project, despite his campaign promise to fight climate change. Biden's candidacy has not been announced in any official capacity, although it is highly likely. Trump, on the other hand, will have just turned 78, Biden being only four years his senior. Trump officially announced his 2024 bid for presidency in November of 2022. Since then, he has embarked on his campaign trail, making stops in East Palestine, Ohio after the train derailment, and on Saturday, March 25th, Trump visited Waco, Texas, a controversial visit for a number of reasons. For one, his rumored indictment by Manhattan District Attorney's Office for allegedly paying hush money to an adult film star swirled in the press in the past week leading up to this visit. These rumors were accompanied by AI-generated images, in which it appears that Trump is fighting an arrest by officers in New York. The images sparked a conversation about the potential harm that AI technology could produce if used against an individual that does not have the advantage of a high-profile image. Trump's images were quickly disproven due to the fact that his arrest would be highly reported, and there were easy-to-spot flaws in the images, including one showing Trump wearing a police utility belt, words made up of unintelligible symbols, and blurry faces. The second reason for controversy around the event was because in lieu of her traditional performance or recording of the Star-Spangled Banner, Trump held his hand over his heart as his song Justice for All played over the speakers. The song begins with Trump reciting the Pledge of Allegiance, then being joined by 20 January 6 rioters singing the Star-Spangled Banner. These rioters have been convicted of their involvement in the events of the day and recorded the audio from prison, being known as the January 6 Prison Choir. The song finishes with the convicts chanting, USA. Additionally, Trump's speech was accompanied by a number of disproven claims, including his most famous claim that the 2020 election was rigged. Finally, the controversy of the event lies in the choice of location and the approaching 30th anniversary of an FBI siege that resulted in the deaths of more than 70 members of a religious cult and four federal agents. In 1992, a religious cult known as Branch Davidians were investigated by the FBI for manufacturing weapons on a property near Waco, Texas. In 1993, the cult was tipped off that the FBI planned to siege the compound, resulting in a 51-day standoff. Law enforcement attempted to force out the members by tear gas, resulting in a number of fires being set by cult members. After the fires had burned the compound to the ground, the remains of more than 70 of the cult members were discovered, mostly by gunshot wounds inflicted by fellow cult members. The approaching anniversary of these tragic events, combined with Trump's appearance in the area, have left a bad taste in some mouths. 
Time will tell on what other steps Donald Trump will take to secure his bid as the Republican on the 2024 election ticket. It will also tell whether or not he will face an indictment in Manhattan or Fulton County before then. Though unconfirmed, it is expected that Trump's most threatening opponent to achieve the place of Republican on the election ballot will be Florida Governor Ron DeSantis. DeSantis, who was elected as governor in 2019 with the support of Trump, has not in any official capacity announced a bid for presidency. To do so would require an amendment to Florida legislation that states that office holders in the state are required to resign their positions if they run for a federal office. DeSantis' governorship is already rivaling Trump's presidency in terms of controversial decisions. He has targeted critical race theory, resulting in the College Board removing discussion of critical race theory in the new Advanced Placement African American Studies course. DeSantis famously targeted a number of library books in what the media has deemed a book ban. DeSantis calls this book ban a hoax. The law, House Bill 1467, restricts materials that contain content that is deemed as pornographic or covers content related to banned lessons on racism. The law mandates that any library or instructional books must be reviewed by a district employee with a valid educational media specialist certificate in order for the books to enter the libraries of public schools. A number of the books targeted by this bill are materials that contain LGBTQ content, lessons on safe sex, and books relating to experienced racism. Recently introduced Florida legislation has been targeting trans youths, revoking the ability to refer to individuals by their preferred pronouns in schools, and blocking gender-affirming care for trans youths. Florida is not alone in targeting LGBTQ groups. Georgia Senate Bill 140 just passed, restricting the access of trans youths to receive gender-affirming care, specifically the treatment of gender dysphoria by means of surgical procedures. Other less publicized candidates that have officially made their bid for the 2024 presidential election include former Governor of South Carolina, Republican Nikki Haley, American businessman, author, and political activist, Republican Vivek Ramaswamy, and Democrat Marianne Williamson, who describes herself as a best-selling author, political activist, and spiritual thought leader on her campaign website. In addition to the six already discussed, 22 others are expected or rumored to be making their own bids for the upcoming election. Some of these individuals include Democrat Elizabeth Warren and Independent Bernie Sanders, who lost their 2020 election during the primaries against Joe Biden. Former House Representative Republican Liz Cheney is rumored to be making a bid. Cheney faced backlash from her own party for condemning Trump's involvement in the events of January 6th. And South Carolina Senator Republican Tim Scott may be announcing his candidacy soon as well. Notably, the average age of those confirmed, suspected of, and rumored to be running is 57.7 years old. Meanwhile, the average age of American citizens was 38.8 in 2021, according to the United States Census Bureau. This has been an argument of the younger generations, including Gen Z and millennials in recent years, that the elected officials making the decisions that affect their futures will have passed on by the time the ill effects of those decisions come to light. The next year and a half will certainly be interesting, as more and more bids for the highest office in the United States are made. What is not decided is, who will be the 47th president of the United States? Will Joe Biden maintain his seat and remain as the 46th? Will Donald Trump return to office? Or will we have our first woman president? Time will tell. Thanks for tuning in, and join me again next week where my sister, Katie Osborne, will be discussing with me what it has been like growing up as a millennial versus as a member of Gen Z. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of Turn on a Dime. But wait, the content doesn't stop there. For more conversations on this episode's content, head over to my blog at hannahosbornebiz.wixsite.com. The blog and website are also linked to my Instagram at Turn on a Dime Podcast. 
Tune in every Monday at 3 p.m. for more episodes. This has been Turn on a Dime.